Hello and welcome to today's VJ Hemog podcast. We are a global open access video journal bringing you the latest in hematological oncology. In today's podcast, you will hear from several leading experts in chronic lymphocytic leukemia who discuss the importance of genomic testing in CLL. The experts touch upon several topics, including how to define high-risk disease, how genomic testing plays a role in clinical decision-making, and more. First, you will hear from Lydia Scarfo, who briefly explains the significance of TP53 mutations in defining high-risk disease in CLL. Now we, we have information mainly based uh, on the chemoimmunotherapy era, so they are not uh, actual anymore because uh, luckily enough we have uh, novel uh, treatment strategies. Uh, in the relapsed refractory setting, definitely I dare say the presence of TP53 aberration remains a relevant biomarker of poor long-term disease control because of course we are aiming for, uh, at decades of disease control. We, uh, we are not uh, fine anymore uh, with uh, short responses. Um, in first line, uh, actually it's not anymore a, a, a prognostic marker, but it's uh, predicting treatment response, so can be applied um, to identify the best treatment strategy. But um, I'd say the presence of TP53 aberrations uh, still remain as relevant uh, information to define high-risk disease. Um, we have some uh, information derived from the immunoglobulin gene mutation analysis and in particular the presence of specific stereotype subset that can predict uh, less in durable responses. Uh, and uh, from the uh, um, uh, treatment um, course we can also learn that patients who are becoming uh, resistant to BTK inhibitors and BCL2 inhibitors, so the so-called double refractory patients, these are the new unmet clinical need because we have uh, very few treatment strategy in clinical practice that can be effective uh, in the long run and um, some novel targeted agents uh, can become available soon and uh, I hope they can be applied uh, as soon as possible in clinical practice uh, in this very difficult to category of patients. Next, Nitin Jain, Richard Rosenquist and Florence Simbalista highlight the importance of genomic testing in CLL in the era of novel agents and briefly explain which genomic tests to carry out before initiating treatment. Right, so genomic testing in CLL is actually very important. So there are several genomic tests you can do, but I think there are certain important ones and crucial ones. So I think the most important one, which is well established, is what is called the CLL fish testing, which was came about actually almost 20 years ago in a paper in New England Journal, where in the era of chemotherapy, they said that there are different genomic subgroups, such as deletion 17P, which was the worst subgroup in terms of the long-term outcomes. Now we're in the era of new therapies. We have ibrutinib, we have acalabrutinib, we have venetoclax, we have PA3 kinase inhibitors. And in the new era, it appears that the deletion 17P as a genomic subgroup is still one of the highest risk subgroup. And the patients do respond to, um, 17P patients do respond to these new therapies, but they then to have a slightly higher progression rate. And that's especially too when you're using a time-limited therapy of venetoclax plus or venetuzumab. 
Similarly, checking for mutation status for IGHV is very important, especially in the context of time-limited therapy. If you use venetoclax plus abinutuzumab, if you stop therapy at one year, patients who are unmutated for V-gene, they have a higher rate of relapse, even if they achieve MRD-negative remission. And the other important one will be, which goes with deletion 17P, will be TP53 mutation. So many investigators or many clinicians check for CLL fish panel and they look for deletion 17P. But it's important to recognize that several of the patients may not have deletion 17P on the fish, but have TP53 on the mutation analysis. And that has a similar um, meaning in terms of poor response to chemotherapy and high-risk disease. So it's important to really check both the mutation for P53 as well as fish for deletion 17P. In my mind, from a practical decision maker, decision making for treatment, these are the three important tests. There are other things, complex karyotype, which is important, um, ZAP17, CD38, beta-2 microglobulin, but some of them are less really important in terms of treatment decision making, and many of them have actually lost prognostic significance with the era of new therapies. They were important when doing chemotherapy, but now that we're in target therapies, uh, some of these are less relevant right now. Today we are using molecular analysis in the daily routine practice for CLL patients. So there are three different tests that we are performing. We do FISH analysis to detect different recurrent chromosomal aberrations. And we do TP53 sequence analysis to investigate all exons within the TP53 gene for mutations. And finally, we do the IGHV gene mutation status. So these are recommended to all CLL patients and we recommend to do it before start of first treatment. And that is because TP53 mutations and the chromosomal aberrations can actually emerge from diagnosis to the before start of treatment. So we recommend to do it exactly before the start of treatment and then repeat the analysis uh, before subsequent line of treatments if the patient gets a relapse. For IGH mutation status, on the other hand, that is stable. So it doesn't change from diagnosis to before start of treatment or at relapse. It's always the same. So the IGH mutation status you only have to do once. The key markers that we need to use uh, before uh, uh, treatment, uh, I would say frontline, uh, is uh, IgG mutational status and uh, TP53 alteration. TP53 alteration meaning 17P deletion and TP53 mutation. And I think that uh, you can get IGHV status once for all because it's not going to move, but TP53 is really uh, accumulating with uh, different uh, lines of treatment. And we really need to uh, uh, determine TP53 status at each line of treatment. And I think it's important because it's an important prognostic factor. And and uh, it helps choosing uh, also between BTK inhibitors and, and venetoclax-based therapy. Concerning uh, our patients in the CLL, well, first the patient comes and we make the diagnosis with the cytometry, and uh, usually uh, I just uh, I have the patient come back quickly to explain the diagnosis and explain that most of the, for most of the patient that I'm not going to treat them now, and uh, so um, and then uh, I propose to the 
patient to have some prognostic markers done. And at that point, I think the, the important one is IGHV mutational status, because that's the time when uh, it, it's going to help you follow the patient. If the patient is IGHV mutated, you know that uh, he might not need any treatment and that uh, you might follow him just uh, uh, with, uh, uh, without uh, treating him. If the patient is unmutated, you know that ultimately will need to be treated, even if it's in four or five years. But that's something that helps the patient uh, understanding his disease and, and getting prepared uh, to the treatment. And then uh, before frontline therapy, as I just said before, uh, you absolutely need to have TP53 status. And uh, in my center, we also have uh, NGS uh, testing for the more uh, frequently uh, mutated genes because uh, uh, we are doing research on it, but uh, it's not mandatory at the time. But I think that it's, it is going to help us get to more personalized therapy. Lastly, you will hear from Paolo Gia, who briefly highlights the importance of continuing to raise awareness on genomic testing in CLL. To raise awareness uh, on genomic testing in CLL is definitely very close to our heart in ERIC and indeed we invested a lot of time, effort and research to improve that uh, also through education all around the world and I have to say that it is indeed increasing the awareness of the relevance of uh, testing all our patients for P53 aberrations and immunoglobulin gene status before starting treatment. Of course, a lot remains to do, and we have now uh, new uh, biomarkers coming up, probably, so complex karyotype, other gene mutations, and we are still uh, studying and understanding if these uh, have a relevance, a clinical relevance for our patients. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VJHemonk and subscribe to VJHemonk Podcasts on Spotify, Apple, and Podbean. Until next time!